0: This is the IDP After Show. Welcome to the IDP After Show. I am your host for the day, joined by your other host, the wonderful, the beautiful, the extremely intelligent and attractive, Jake Colhagen. Jake, before we hop into things today, let the listeners know
1: how we're doing. Uh, I think we're doing great. I mean, I was maybe feeling a little down, but I feel slightly overinflated after that intro. So thank you for that, Evan. Um, I'd, I'd return the favor, but then it just feels like, you know, that was forced because you gave me all those compliments.
0: Mm, I hear you. When we hit our, our uh, weekly preview episodes, when the season comes around, I'm going to have to find a way to continue to one-up that as I introduce you every single week. So by week 17 it's going to be like the lovely, 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 lovely. <laughs> just, I can't
1: just sort of some sort of superlative showdown. Like Yeah, it's going to be
0: week. it's going to be great. It's going to be a good one. So listeners, what we've got going on today is a little bit of a confession on my end. I have been slacking when it comes to doing rookie analysis this off season I've been you know, really diving into these best ball drafts, trying to figure out team situations. And so I have not been doing my fair share of work when it comes to prospect analysis, which is why I've brought Jake on, because Jake has been one of the two guys at the IDP show working on the rookie rankings for the IDP show draft kit, which drops on May 1st, right after the NFL draft. So that you guys have those rankings ready to go for your rookie drafts. And so what our goal is with this episode today is I'm basically going to be interviewing Jake. He's going to be breaking down some of the bigger names at each position group in the draft today. And I really just want you listeners to get a very general understanding of what some of these rookies are. Because if you're like me and you're not super familiar with all of these prospects, listening to a really, really big breakdown episode, it can be a lot to handle. And so I want to try and get you guys... The information that's going to get you a really basic understanding of what to expect from some of these players, and then if you're like, "Oh, that was really good," I want a lot more. Luckily for you, the IDP show main feed on the uh, the Big Nickel podcast with John Macri has ten guys at each position at defensive end, or sorry, you know, edge rusher at linebacker and at safety. They've got way more in depth breakdowns on those shows, so you can get more detailed information there. But if you just want a really short really quick breakdown, something to prime your senses right before the NFL draft happens or something to check back on right after the NFL draft happens, this is your place. So, Jake, I am really excited to start it off with a really interesting prospect who's actually been in the news a little bit too much and not for a good reason this offseason because we're going to start off at defensive tackle. We only got two guys here because this is uh, not a a super big or super deep position, never really is. but. We're going to be rating these guys on a, on a kind of a star's basis, talking about their floor, their upside, and kind of what to expect from them, where they might be going in the NFL draft. So go ahead and give me the quick rundown on, on what's up with Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia.
1: Jalen Carter. So looking at his floor, got three stars here for him. And some of you might say, well, that feels a little weird for a guy who's been talked about as potentially the best player in this draft. Well, when we look at some of the off-the-field stuff, That is really some of the biggest concerns because those things could land him potentially out of the league um, shortly thereafter, but not necessarily something we expect to happen either. With that said, his upside is clearly a five. The guy is an absolute wrecking machine and has the moves and abilities already at this age to make an impact in year one at the level where we could be talking about, you know, a top five dynasty defensive lineman, you know not just defensive tackle. So the guy has a clear high ceiling, but we got some things to pay attention to off the field still.
0: Yeah. And it seems like that floor is really coming from an off the field concern basis on the field. I'm sure we could probably both agree me even not being as very studied as you are. He's, he's a five on the field. I think, I think we can kind of agree there, but perhaps maybe another prospect who is not as safe or as sure of a thing, despite, the Aaron Donald comps that he's been getting this offseason is the Klaja uh, Kansi, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. What do you think about him, and how do you feel about those Aaron Donald comps?
1: Oh, well, you got me started. I was going to say don't get me started, but too <laughs> late now. Uh, yes, it's it's a fun story. Um, he matches very similar in his 10-yard splits, his 40-yard dash. He was a little bit faster. They both played at Pitt. They're both slightly undersized for their position. But really, that's that's kind of where it ends. Um, the closest thing on the field um, when watching game film is you know Elijah Kansas has truly explosive uh, get off that is probably some of the best in this class honestly um, but you know that's really about it where where on the field stuff ends for those two because um, when you look at his floor it's closer to a two point um, and he really needs to land in the right spot and, and have a team who wants to utilize Kansas you know in in an efficient way. Um, uh, really focusing on his pass rush from the interior. Uh, with that, if he gets the right spot, he has an upside of 4.0. This is a guy who, um, with that pass rush upside and and the elite quickness that he has, um, I, I could see him being up in that 10, 12, 14 type sack range as a really high upside for him um, and just consistently making plays in the backfield. So I, I like him a lot. He's actually one of my favorites um, for the defensive line this year. Like I said, good range of a decent range for possibilities here with Elijah Kansi.
0: Yeah, he's definitely an exciting one. I, I love that breakdown. Let's go ahead and move on to a little bit more of an IDP relevant position at edge rusher. And another player that I would hope most listeners are somewhat familiar with is the most likely IDP one off the board in these drafts, which is Will Anderson, the edge out of Alabama. Go ahead and give me a quick breakdown on him.
1: Sure, and I might be a little lower than some on this, but uh, I got his floor somewhere between a 3 and a 4. And, and what this really comes down to for me when you look at IDP is this is a guy who has shown that he can be out there um, in all phases of the defense, run and, and, and in the pass, but uh, he has shown a, a, a bit of a propensity at times to struggle in tackling in the run game and run support. So it just gives me a little bit of pause to to limit his floor somewhat. Um, But he's, he's a lock to be out there regardless. Um, Obviously upside 5.0, the makeup, the mental traits, the vision, you know, he could be coming in and and delivering a top 15 defensive line uh, performance in his rookie year with trajectory pointing upwards still at that point.
0: Yeah, he is a very exciting one. I I'm kind of shocked at just how much mock drafts in general have fluctuated over these past couple weeks. I mean, I, I don't trust anything. I have no idea what's going on, but the fact that Will Anderson could go as high as two or as low as like five or six, which seems like such a small range, still seems so crazy to me, just given how exciting of a player he is. Let's talk about another exciting player, but definitely one that's not as sure of a thing. Uh, Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia. Now, he played alongside, uh, what's his face? Jalen Carter, but but uh, yeah, already spacing on all the players we're talking about. See, this is, this is why Jake is the rookie guy. This is why Jake's the rookie guy. Uh, Nolan Smith played alongside Jalen Carter at Georgia, but obviously not quite as much of a sure thing. What did your film analysis kind of tell you about his uh, potential breakdown?
1: So Nolan Smith for, at, a floor, for, at the floor came in at a three for me. Uh, really what it boiled down to was uh, just some of the size and how he could potentially get washed out. Uh, facing you know NFL level defenses, I love the way he took on blocks uh, and was willing to really use um, his ability to set the edge quite well. Still in the run game and make plays in the backfield. So with that said, his upside is quite strong. I have it at a four. You know, talking through these things out loud, I could even see it going a little bit higher um, at, at times as well. Uh, where you looking at he could be a ten plus tackles for loss and sacks type of player in a season? Uh, and if you if you if he lands in, in the right spot too, where they can really um just let him loose on the edge even more so um with his with the the numbers he put up in his splits and his bend so right so his ability to that burst off the line looking at the split and then that bend how he can get around the edge so easily at times um yeah this guy could this guy could be a, an elite idp producer for us
0: yeah that's that's a really exciting exciting breakdown because i i don't think listeners especially ones in my situation realize you know, just how talented some of the next guys can be after the the guy that's been hyped up for a year or two. Uh, as we start getting a little farther down in the projected draft capital range, I think it is important that we start giving you guys context for where we might expect to see these guys go in the draft. Nolan Smith, I mean, obviously all these guys and we don't know for sure. And, you know, we'll find out in about two or three days when the draft actually happens. But right now he's still projected to be a mid to early first round pick, you know, some places, some box have him going to Philadelphia at the 10th pick. But either way, the fact that that's within his range of outcomes as far as draft capital goes, that's pretty cool. Because draft capital is one of the biggest predictors of NFL success just because teams are invested in these guys. And unless you're the Cardinals and you draft linebackers <laughs> in the first round and then don't use them. Anyways, back back years. <laughs> uh Sorry, Zayvon Collins jersey behind you. I didn't hang mine up today. I should have done that. Um, next guy up. We just uh, we just talked about Nolan Smith out of Georgia, so now let's go ahead and talk about Miles Murphy, the
1: edge out of Clemson. All right, and I'm I'm probably going to get a little bit of flack for this one because uh, there's a lot of people that talk about Miles Murphy as potentially the number one edge in this class. I was actually just watching some stuff uh, from Brett Coleman, who I really enjoy on on YouTube and uh, Twitter, but he was, you know, they're they're talking about there's people that like him as as one of the top edge prospects. Uh, I have his floor as low as a two, and and a lot of that, what it comes down to for me, is uh, I seen too much of him playing tall, right? So he's standing upright too quickly, and, and uh, the offensive linemen were too easily able to get their hands under his pads and, and really try to control him at the line. Um, and I didn't like that he didn't have a lot in terms of you know counter moves or second moves, you know, beyond that that first initial uh, burst that he would have. However, the traits that make him, you know talked about as the top one overall that upside for real is 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 at least a four maybe sneaking into the five area or you could you could argue that Um, again i'm not seeing it personally but you know i'm just i'm just one man uh with that said we talk about you know landing spots being key for scheme and fit i think this is one where i like you know the fact if he could land somewhere with a strong coach or an established coach with you know success uh on the defensive line or in that front. Because I think that's what he needs to be able to unlock that next level and really, you know, deliver on that upside that everyone believes is there and sees there is there as well. So,
0: would you kind of say Miles Murphy is kind of like that Trayvon Walker type player, where he's very traitsy, and because he's got so many good traits, teams might be willing to invest heavily into him, but he is still more of a project.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's an excellent comp. I like that. See, you're delivering value too. Oh yeah, I'm
0: I'm so good at this, you guys. Jake, I think I'm gonna take your job now. I think uh, this is solo pod. Thanks for coming on. Next guy, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Um, what what makes him different? I you know some of these guys obviously they're if they were sure things, they would be talked about more. So we're gonna have some similar grades for some of these players, but kind of what what makes Tyree Wilson who he is? This edge out of Texas Tech.
1: Well, so. For him, and you know, similar to like even Miles Murphy and a couple others, we'll talk about. Um, he has such an ideal build and speed power combo, um, and just almost you know freakishly long you know build too in terms of those arms. Um, and when you have the length like that, that the defensive linemen and coaches covet, right? It allows you to um, engage the offensive lineman first and try to control the whole interaction that they have in those one-on-one matchups um, every single uh, pass rush snap. And that's, that's what's key um, for them finding success. So all that said, uh, his floor, I had it a two, you know, talking through things out loud again here, probably maybe closer to a three. Uh, it's just something where he wins with less refined moves, right? So it's just kind of that, that straight bull rush, or he wants to get to the, to the edge and, and he has such an amazing bend for someone of his size too, right? Like he's what, like six, six or something up there and he can just get down so low that the offensive linemen are just whiffing on him like they're punching at air at times um which which is what leads me to that upside of, of a four or five even this is a guy who when he finds his ways to win he can tap into it and he can turn you know he could have easily two you know three sack plus games in his rookie year like that's just the 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 ceiling this guy has or what you can see what, what i've seen on tape um Again, this is another one like Murphy. If he lands in that right spot um, and gets really coached up well and and he develops those second pass rush moves or those counters, I mean, I, I've heard Miles Garrett comps, right? And that's, mm. I, I don't think that's far off um, with the right coaching.
0: Don't let Macra hear that. Ooh, buddy. He's going to be excited. I think maybe <laughs> the biggest difference between these guys is just the fact that Tyre Wilson is being mocked so highly. I mean, like... Projected first round, obviously, but like as high as three to the Cardinals if Will Anderson goes at two or Atlanta at eight. Like, I, um, think, Lance, my,
1: I think Lance Zerline had him at two to the Texans in his that's, mock. That's crazy.
0: I'm, you know, we don't know anything. It's certainly possible that happens, but like Miles Murphy's like, you know, a late first, early second kind of like, you know, going to twenty to Seattle. So Tyree Wilson, if you kind of needed a way to visualize the difference between these guys, is just how the market seems to value Tyree Wilson is like the number two, possibly number one in this class behind Will Anderson. Would you say that's accurate?
1: Yeah, I think that's what the, I think that's what the public opinion is at this point. But I, like I said, I, to the, to the people I'm, you know, tuned into online and and other things and other circles, don't be surprised if they're a lot closer than we think.
0: Interesting. We're going to go ahead and possibly hit a bit of a tear break here as we, you know, break off from that guy to the next guy and talk about Felix and Udike Uzoma, the edge out of Kansas State. We'll call him FAU to to save the syllables. But what do you like about this guy? Because uh, I think I think you might be a bit of a fan of his, and I'd like to know why.
1: Yeah, and I I am. I he's actually someone that you know. Hashtag spoiler alert. I'm probably going to be targeting in a lot of drafts, assuming the the capital lands up where we we think it might. Um, but as a floor, I got him. I got him at a two. Um, he does have some work that can do as well. Um, he's got a couple of good moves, um, his swipe move that is really, really strong. And, you know, he played well in the run game, set the edge really well and showed that he can be a three down player um, for the right team. But, you know, he also did tend to play out of position at times too. With that said, um, you know, upside of a of 4.0, and this is something where I look at, I just, I loved his lateral agility, um, his ability to move down the line right off the snap. Um and, and jump into the, the gap before the offensive lineman was even out of his stance was unreal. Sometimes I I just felt like you know this was what we saw from some of those top end people um that we just talked about. But you know this wasn't consistently. And with that said, I I think of him more as that eight to nine sack range kind of guy. But because he has that lateral movement and he has the ability to play so well on the edge in the run defense. You know, this is someone who could be one of those really nice maybe tackle floor type guys, and, you know, depending on your scoring, I think that 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 can stack up real nicely in IDP, especially, you know, again, if he goes to a spot where, like in Atlanta, where they just need all the pass rush help they can get, and he's going to take all the snaps he can get, just like he did at Kansas State his uh, senior year.
0: And I think that's a really good distinction to make, kind of like the Trey Hendrickson versus Sam Hubbard conversation. Right. There are some guys that are more refined pass rushers, and there are some guys that are more refined run defenders, and so maybe FAU is more of a uh, a run defense guy with potential to hone up his, his pass rush game as he develops. Perhaps maybe that's a, that's a reason why you like him so much.
1: Agreed.
0: Agreed. <laughs> uh, the next guy we're going to talk about, uh, very, very few listeners are going to remember this very niche tweet, but I put a tweet out you know a couple months ago of like my favorite rookie names and there are just some really funny names in this class one of the guys on there will mcdonald the fourth i just i feel like he's supposed to have a farm somewhere where he spells out his animal names but will mcdonald the fourth the edge out of iowa state let's really quickly break him down obviously as we move farther down these you know this projective draft draft capital there's less exciting things to talk about. So we can kind of speed through these last few guys, but uh, what do you like about Mr. Uh, Will McDonald?
1: Awesome. I, I do have to apologize. I I got that wrong. I, in my notes, uh, and a Duque. Well, this was, this was his junior year, not his senior year. So just oh, trying no to worries. fact check myself there. Uh, but yeah, Will McDonald got him at a two for a floor, three for upside. So someone he's got really good bend and flexibility and, you know, he showcased us really well in the three cone and short shuttle. Um, you know, he flattens really well, so right he gets gets around those edges. So again, he's probably going to be like a stand-up edge rusher. He's going to have a very specific role that he's going to need to fill in. So um, still a lot of room to grow, but again, right landing spot. Probably someone who can be IDP relevant in year one, but probably not on a week-to-week basis.
0: Yeah, as somebody who's projected to be more of a second rounder, kind of a day two guy, we can probably expect him to be somebody who's going to come in and be more of a rotational guy. Not so much as... Somebody's going to step in and immediately demand a lot of snaps at the NFL level. And maybe the same could be said for this guy, but I have seen a little bit more excitement around Lucas Van Ness, the edge out of Iowa. So what do you think about him and why is he a little bit of an exciting prospect?
1: Yeah, I, uh, speaking of rotation, I don't know why he didn't get more of it at Iowa. He was never actually started a game, but apparently they're big on always seniors over, under underclassmen, so on and so forth. But regardless... Uh Lucas Vaness, you know, took advantage of every moment. And with that, you know, I see a floor probably closer to three, maybe you know, lower or high twos, whatever you want to say, but an upside of four. And and really that's because this guy's versatile. Um, he spent you know a lot of twenty-one uh playing the interior over the B gap. Um, you know, in 22, he was spent most of the time on edge, um, on passing downs. The guy's got long arms that we talked about, strong bowl rush. Amazing burst, flexibility for his size. He's got the size to play across the line. He's, if he hits a, a any place or any coach with you know some common sense in terms of scheming, they'll find a way to line this guy up everywhere to to win and mismatches consistently. Um, which is why you see that high upside of a four.
0: Yeah, and as somebody who's in my position, who doesn't really do as much like technical skill based analysis, I'm more of like a numbers nerd. When you say that somebody who kind of mixes it up between playing, you know, way out wide on the edge and can, you know, be a little bit more on the somewhat inside, I think of a guy like Zach Allen, formerly on the Cardinals, kind of on the on the Broncos. Now, would you say that's kind of an interesting comparison as far as how we might expect Lucas Van Ness's usage to project at the next level?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the that lines up well in terms of the parallels of that, just that flexibility to say, hey, okay, it's you know, he's going to play. Maybe more um, on the edge to start, you know, because he's got the size to help in the run defense, and then on those obvious pass rushing downs, he's going to kick into the inside, and he can have success rushing from that interior. And they can put, you know, whatever other types of uh, edge rushers or whatever they want to do on the outside in those wide nine techniques. And yeah, he's he's going he's going to be able to be successful with that.
0: I like that. Uh, and i also think it's worth noting even though we've talked about him a little later a little after some of these guys lucas van ness is projected to be like a mid first rounder like he's not yep. going to be some slob you know some later round potential to get on the field like if he actually goes where he's projected to go he should be somebody that sees the field and sees a solid volume of snaps right out the gate now as we switch position groups from edge rushers to now those off ball inside linebackers Nobody in this position is as sure a thing as some of these higher end edge rushers, just because, Mm -hmm. in general, as a position group, linebacker isn't number one, valued as highly, and number two isn't as strong in this class. And so, while we might be talking about some guy ahead of somebody else, none of these guys are as necessarily like locks. And I think that you have reflected that in your stars grading, especially for this first guy in Jack Campbell, somebody that we have favorably deemed as got that dog in him how would you describe jack campbell on a floor and upside basis
1: i gotta i gotta see the archers first to make sure he's got that dog in him so <laughs> give me that but yeah he, as a floor um i got him at a 2.0 right so this is one of those players who i you should always do enough to stick around in an nfl defense um and this is even saying this is one of the guys who had he had a 9.98 ras right um you know he looked great delivered statistically um, in his time at Iowa, was a leader of that defense. And, you know, with that said, though, the, he can deliver a higher upside, you know, something closer to that four out of five-star range. I just don't see him, you know, ever really likely reaching that elite status, you know, in those middle-of-the-field defenders, those those Roquans or the Shaq Leonard's. right? This is a guy who he's strong enough in coverage. Um, he's got the athleticism, like I said, showed that with his RAS scoring and his testing. Um, but he can, you know, be a liability sometimes in the run games. He can bite a little too hard on first moves. Um, there's a, there's a the Twitter making its rounds, the the meme or clip of him just getting smoked uh, in the Michigan game where uh, Lake Coram just broke him down hardcore uh, in the hole. And, you know, I, and that's, that's just a microcosm of some of the other things that can happen are, are, are on his tape. So good range. And this is, he's my favorite linebacker in this class too. So yeah, uh, you expect you know got honest expectations for for a guy who should be something for us this year but don't don't go don't get too excited
0: yeah would you say jack campbell is probably one of the more well-rounded linebackers in this class like no matter where he drafts he has a relatively similar projection as far as what we can expect from him on the NFL field
1: correct you know outside of schemes or something crazy um i think he's pretty pretty much landing spot proof in my opinion you're going to get that baseline expectation wherever
0: Okay, I needed that confirmation cuz I kind of thought that but I wasn't really sure. I think yep. maybe these other three linebackers that we're going to talk about are maybe a little bit more specific scheme dependent or perhaps maybe have some specialties that make them exciting for certain things but maybe not as an all-around player. I'll let you express your opinion on that as we first break down the Arkansas linebacker Drew Sanders. What are your thoughts on him?
1: So, really kind of that that same thing. He's got a nice floor or decent floor, we should say at that too right? Maybe we'd like to see it a little higher. Um, and it's just someone who was an athlete who had shown or has shown his versatility, right? He was originally an edge defender, um, but he's, you know, a little undersized to do that in the NFL at about two thirty five. Uh I really picture him, you know, something more of a of a Devin White type of role in terms of a pass rusher. You know, they're gonna try to maybe use him in the A gaps and blitzes, um, or maybe in those more obvious pass rushdowns, get him on the edge type thing. Having that many opportunities in pass rush potentially, that's where you see the upside jump up pretty nicely. Um, somewhere in that three to four range, probably closer to four, especially if you know you play in anything with relatively decent uh, big play scoring. And I, I, he really gets after the ball. His closing speed is is amazing, especially when he gets into those open spaces. You know whether he's blitzing or whether he's in some sort of you know, um, what am I trying to say here? Where he's respying the quarterback, but. It's a. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. He he's a little prone to arm tackle at times because he has great length. Um, so maybe he tries to rely on that a bit too much. Um, but he can disengage well. So it's kind of putting those things together to make it all come together to really reach that upside here at the next level.
0: Gotcha. I I think that's interesting, and I think one of the things that I struggle with most for the the non-Jack Campbell linebackers in this class is I just have a really hard time like remembering who is who and what their strengths are so it's good to know okay drew sanders former edge kind of guy that could be a devon white esque. not to comp him to devon white but just to say that like he has a similar ish skill set in that he's athletic and could be a good blitzer and some of the other areas of his game might ness nece- you know might need a little bit of refining perhaps H- how would you kind of compare that to the clemson linebacker trenton simpson
1: so for me trenton Simpson. um, Really, really patient, right? And so that's what I that's what I saw in film, um, and you know, just feel, maybe this is just really kind of the class itself, or maybe I'm just lazy uh, uh, on this Monday, but another two floor, uh, four ceiling, um, and it's and it this but it's for different reasons this time, right? Like I feel like he's probably going to be a little bit better in terms of that run defense overall. Um, coverage really was seemed nice too. Um, he played well in the seam and. Uh, against running backs leaking out, which is going to make him easily, I shouldn't say easily, a really good chance at being a three-down linebacker here, even in year one. Um, and that, that versatility is just kind of key for it. So I nothing seemed elite to me when watching him, but everything looked really good. So again, just kind of maybe that, that in-between of, of of it all and just lands nicely in the middle.
0: I like it. So Drew Sanders is to pass rush as Trenton Simpson is to basically everything but pass rush, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a little bit oversimplified, but whatever it takes to help me kind of tell these guys apart. Now, <laughs> I would be remiss if we didn't take a moment to talk about one of Bobby's darlings, Dayon Henley, the linebacker out of Washington State. So so let's give him a little bit of airtime just so that we can make Bobby proud.
1: I, I feel like I have to, you know, I've, I've done Bobby dirty on some of my other uh, comments. <laughs> and, uh, so I feel like I got to just over inflate Henley here. But but again, we we fall to that that two floor, um, where you know, he makes a lot of great plays, but it's when he's beating blockers to the spot or he's able to slip them right. Um, his ability to disengage from blocks consistently, um, is already kind of a concern at the um the college level. You know, now you take that up a notch where everyone you're playing is the best college talent and then some. Um, it really gives me concern about what what he can do uh, consistently, um, uh, to help, you know, raise that floor, that upside, probably closer to a three, kind of, kind of some of those same things. Um, but you know, could maybe, maybe could get up to a four, especially depending on, on how they use them. Right. So is it like how Isaiah Simmons is, was a linebacker, right. But he's now more that, that overhang kind of role and just playing in the slot a ton. Um, cause this, cause Henley is a converted wide receiver, right. So he's got that, that range and athleticism. Um, so his, his upside is really more dependent on where he ends up and how they want to utilize him. But he, he'll he find a spot um, on some roster for sure. And he'll he'll deliver for IDP. It's just a question of, you know, how do they want to use him to get that for us?
0: I like that. That, that kind of helps me differentiate between these top four guys, right? So we've got Jack Campbell, who's really, really well-rounded. You know, probably one of the safer projections in this class, landing spot proof. Drew Sanders, who's really athletic, more of a blitzer, Trenton Simpson, who's also athletic and patient, but more of like a kind of a coverage run defender, kind of the opposite of that. And then Deion Henley is not necessarily any one thing specifically. He's just kind of more of a toolsy athletic guy that could be used in a lot of different ways depending on where he lands. Is that, am I in the ballpark at least? Is that close enough?
1: (laughs) No, I think you might even be on first base at that point. You uh, you got a pretty... Pretty good recap there, sir. I don't I can't remember. It's it's too late for me to remember all these things. I'm just that's, I'm gonna you know. That's that's fine. Um I I have heard it said that this is not a
0: great safety class, especially for free safeties. And so there's a lot of really solid really solid might be generous. There's a lot of guys that could be your team's next strong safety, kind of in the box thumper type. And mm-hmm. so we have four guys listed here, only one of them. Is a guy that really merits a decent amount of airtime. Everybody else is just, you know, three guys that have a higher projected draft capital on mock draft database. But Mm -hmm. don't be mistaken. There are guys that we're not going to talk about that could be the safety, too, in this class. And there are guys that we are talking about that could be, you know, completely buried on a depth chart and not worth it. But there is one player who definitely won't be buried on a depth chart come the first day of the NFL draft, and that is Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. What do you have to say about Mr. Brian Branch?
1: Uh, I mean, like we talked. You know, you you kind of sold it up perfectly. I think, right? You know, he's got a high, very high floor. Um, in fact, a high, the only f- floor here we have of five. Um, day one starter. Uh, he's he kind of reminds me of uh Antoine Winfield in a bit. Uh, how they utilized him this year, right? Like he lived heavily in the slot, and he was able to kind of really play any sort of matchup out of that slot. And in doing so, you know, Branch is going to be someone that any team is going to covet to be, you know, put in that role unless they already have um, a high-level defender there. So um, with that said, you know, upside a little limited because if we're living primarily out of the slot, um, that does limit it a bit versus if he could get into the box more or have some defensive line snaps too. So we'll we'll wait to see how he gets uh, utilized overall. But, you know, with that said, you know, where does he end up, you know? Talked about T- Tampa Bay is one of the projected spots where Winfield is. So maybe he slots into more of that, that box role. And then he gets to, we get to realize a uh, bit more of that upside from him.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting. I'm also interested to see what kind of positional designation he gets on some of these platforms. Is he going to be a safety or is he going to be a cornerback? Like there are some guys like Jalen Petrie was listed as a cornerback on some platforms. And it's like, I have him as a cornerback on RSO, which seems like a cheat code because he's a safety, right? But there are other guys who are like, they're nickel corners, and so it makes sense that they're cornerbacks, but they're better cornerbacks than outside cornerbacks because they get to the ball more. But Brian Branch is a kind of guy that could be used as a nickel. He could be used as a safety. We don't really know. It kind of depends on landing spot. But if he is a cornerback and designated as a cornerback and you're in a cornerback designated or, you know, cornerback required league, but he gets really, really good usage, Somebody's in the box a lot, I feel like that could, be, uh, that could be a bit of a cheat code. So interesting kind of how that, that might play into things. Let's like speed run these next three guys and just don't devote too much effort to them simply because it doesn't really deserve it. But I, I know that there's, there's two guys in this class with similar names. There's an Antonio Johnson out of mm-hmm. Texas A&M. And yep. there's also a Tony Johnson or Anthony. No, Anthony Johnson, I think. Yes. I don't remember. I just remember listening to uh, Macri's pod and there being two different guys. So we're talking about Antonio Johnson because he's one of the guys with a little bit of a higher projected draft capital real quick. Let's, let's discuss this guy.
1: Sure. You know, floor three, upside four. Um, the thing that's nice about him is he's quite versatile. He played deep, strong safety box, you know, uh slot, all that. So really Depends on where he lands and how they want to use him. The biggest thing that will will play well for him is he can be super aggressive. The thing that'll work against him is he can be super aggressive. So, (laughs) um, but he's a fun prospect to to watch out for.
0: Okay. I like it. That that was, that was perfect. That's just as much as I wanted. Uh, The guy that played alongside Brian Branch. Now me being not super familiar with the rookies, I feel like I'd heard this guy's name mentioned like a year or two ago and I remembered it because it was flashy, but, It seems like it doesn't really merit as much excitement. Jordan battle out of Alabama. He's not as good as I thought he probably would be like two years ago, knowing no information. So what's up with him? Why is he not, you know, amazing?
1: So floor three, upside three. I mean, this is your guy who you're going to get him. You're going to basically get what you expect and then you're going to go home. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he played almost exclusively deep. Um, He was able to play in other spots. You know, he played 100 in the slot, 100 in the box, but almost 600 deep. Um, And he read well from that position. And that's probably where he'll get used then. If he's really talented there, it would make sense to put him there. And that's why we'll probably see him there.
0: So that's interesting, actually, considering that this class is so heavily dominated by guys that are probably going to be better, closer to the line of scrimmage. If an NFL team is in need of a deep safety, I have to imagine Jordan Battle might be the guy that they go for, unless maybe they decide to, you know, do like a converted Devon Witherspoon, but we can get into that later. Um, there seems to be a decent need for some deep safeties in this class. I mean, there are a couple teams that lost a safety or two and have kind of a short-term solution there, but could potentially look for a, a young player to come in and and replace him. And so in a class that's so dominated by guys that might play closer in the box, maybe Jordan battles upside or IDP relevance just comes from the fact that he could be on the field, but Mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily the kind of guy that's going to be like Derwin James, Jamal Adams, you know, thumper in the box. Uh, Let's, let's talk about two more guys actually real quick. First up, we've got Sidney Brown out of Illinois. What makes him him? Why is he different? How can I remember this guy?
1: Uh, sure. So floor two, upside three, um, really aggressive in run game and, and blitzing. Uh, but he plays well enough under control that he still keeps himself in place too, right? He's not constantly over-pursuing, but that is where he he shows some of his weaknesses. The big thing for him is I love his versatility. Um, pretty consistent usage across all slot deep, box, um, and, and even a bit on the defensive line. So um, made, made some nice big plays too, some big splash plays for Illinois this year uh to really bring that secondary to the forefront of the of the media this year
0: that's awesome okay so it, there are a lot of illinois guys uh a lot of illinois defensive backs with with some draft pedigree coming out this year if i remember correctly um mm-hmm. so sidney brown and, and antonio johnson are similar in that they're both versatile and aggressive maybe sidney brown m- maybe a little bit more self control on that aggressiveness you might say
1: yep I'd, I'd say so but he's also maybe not as he didn't deliver as many big plays consistently that you saw from antonio johnson either so it's that g- makes sense. a give and take right like more aggressive more plays that yeah
0: that okay that's a good comparison that's going to help me kind of remember that one more safety for us to talk about out of uh jl skinner the safety out of boise state do they always have blue grass and is that difficult to watch on film i need to know
1: It hurts my eyes, honestly. Um, So, yes. (sighs) I'm so sorry. Um, But I, and I, and I put this one in here because Skinner is one of my favorite um, dart throws for this class. So, um, got a floor of one. So, like you talked about, this guy could be out of the league or really irrelevant by year two. Um, But upside of three. And what I, you know, love about this guy is he is, he is a big, big safety, right? But the hip fluidity that he shows, right? So, his ability to get down. And, and have that movement side to side um, has me really like excited. Like this guy could be something special potentially um, where, you know, the team would really want to utilize him heavily in the box, um, especially as like that big nickel safety um, uh, and having that, that kind of versatility. So the big question is, is he had a torn pec um, when training for the combine. So he's not going to get an off season. And this is, you're, you're throwing a dart on, you know, what I'm saying and what maybe you saw. and um, Take your chance if you want. I, I I like what I saw, though.
0: Gotcha. So perhaps one of the more position kind of uh, landing spot dependent guys of the group. Uh, but as far as guys who could have good upside if they hit on that landing spot, very exciting. I like it. Um, let's really quickly talk about the top two cornerbacks in this class. It seems to me, based on my limited knowledge of kind of this rookie class, there are two guys that are definitely definitely really exciting. And then there's like another three or four after that, that could be in the first round, but are definitely not as exciting as these two. Let's first talk about Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback also out of Illinois. I, some people call him Devon Witherspoon. I feel like Devon is the correct pronunciation, but I really don't know. So before we talk into the important things, let's, let's, let me hear what is it Devon or Devon? What do you think?
1: Oh, this is this is Booty and Booty all over on the IDP side here. <laughs> all we need to know um, is
0: that he is quite literally booty, so who cares?
1: <laughs> yeah, well well Devon or or Devin, we'll go Devon, is not booty. Um he's actually got uh probably one of the best floors. Um and you know, even upside is still really good too, even though we maybe it's a little limited, but four stars for both. Um he just for me, he plays the ball so well that he is such a playmaker for that. Um is it 11 or 14 pass breakups he had this last year? And that's something I feel that like gets uh underutilized in terms of when you look at that, right? Like everyone wants to see that he had six interceptions over the last two seasons or whatever. I mean, no, this guy was constantly getting his hand on the ball um, or in into the pocket of the wide receiver and making these plays consistently. Um, and that's something I think we will see translate over for him uh, into the NFL, which will keep him obviously as a strong NFL player, but uh, IDP relevant for us. We would love to have our cornerbacks in our leagues.
0: Okay. I'm throwing a curveball at you, but if there was one player on offense and one player on defense that I felt perfectly summarized, the gut that dog in a mentality, a player who just has insanely good work ethic works really hard, absolutely grinds and just wants to get out there and ball on defense. I feel like it's Devon Witherspoon on offense. I feel like the, the equal comp is like a Zay flowers and I, not that this is important at all, but like, how would you feel about that comp as far as just
1: personality? I, I could, I could see it. I don't, I don't know that I picked up on it myself personally, but I could, I can totally see where you're coming from. Um, And I'll say, if you're okay with it, that does not segue well into, or that, that, that segues to Christian Gonzalez to say, he is someone that I did not necessarily see that actually. Um, And I saw a little bit of lack of some of that, Um, you know, That mentality for Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon, so he does have a floor of four, um, and that's just because he has the raw talent. Um, Plenty of times you saw where he would turn his hips too soon, um, but he'd still find a way to you know turn him back and and, uh, be able to be in on the play, or you know make sure that he didn't give up a huge play. But again, you know, talked about this earlier. You know, some of these guys that's going against other wide receivers in the Pac-12, where you're not going against you know, Jamar Chase or, you know, even, even Deontay Johnson's, you know, for some of those lower tiers. Right. But those are still elite guys that would have, would destroy at the college level. So, um, I, I have some concerns about Gonzalez not having that dog in him enough, but hopefully the right spot with, uh, with some good coaching can turn those raw physical skill sets and size into something that's elite on that Devon Witherspoon level.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also worth noting that both of these corners are projected to be top ten picks, uh, which breaks my heart because I was really hoping one of them would end up with the Steelers. But it seems like they are about to get Joey Porter Jr. almost as a lock, unless he doesn't fall. But um, I mean, Gonzalez, at least there's I think, that
1: connection, right? So yeah, Porter connection.
0: It's just, I mean, it's not exciting, man. I really wanted like a Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers, but I mean, let's be honest, they're getting. They're getting a cornerback or they're getting an offensive lineman. We don't need to talk about the Steelers right now. It's not important. Uh, But Devin Witherspoon, Devon Witherspoon versus Christian Gonzalez. One last thought for me, just from what I've gathered from my limited understanding. Christian Gonzalez might be a little bit more raw, but he definitely has some of the athletic tools that you just can't teach. The speed Mm -hmm. and the size that Devon Witherspoon just doesn't quite have because he's a little on the shorter side at 5'11", 180. Um, There's not really too much more to it. If you're in a cornerback-required league, use this information as you will. I really don't care too much about corners. I will fade the position as much as I possibly can because I just don't really think it matters, and I would rather Mm -hmm. just get a nickel that's free. But if you wanted the info, now you have it so that when the NFL draft happens on Thursday and these guys' names are called, you can say something interesting and look smart. So there you go.
1: I love it. Well awesome. Well thank you, Evan. I appreciate coming on here, getting a chance to to put some of my useless rookie knowledge to <laughs> you know to to the to the masses here. And hopefully that helps you guys a little bit.
0: Yeah, man. So Jake and I are gonna get to see each other in what days today? We're recording this on Monday nights, so Tuesday, Wednesday, like three days basically. Uh the IDP show is doing draft breakdowns. We're we're gonna be live streaming all the picks and then on the I think it's uh Tuesday what Thursday it's like on the Saturday I think Saturday Mm -hmm. night we're going to be doing a landing spots pod basically breaking down all of the best landing spots for all these guys so the reason that I I really like just this this quick episode that we did is a lot of this analysis is landing spot independent it's just you know what are these players and what will you know about them it'll be relevant after the draft too there'll probably be some names that aren't as exciting or perhaps more exciting after the draft but it's it's good info. And if you want a bigger breakdown on all of the guys, again, go listen to the Big Nickel episodes talking about edge rusher, linebacker, and safety if you really want more of a breakdown. But hopefully, listeners, this is a good kind of in a nutshell, general idea of, uh, of what these players are and what to expect for them. And, and Jake, I really appreciate you doing this on such short notice. Uh listeners, we 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 planned, prepped, and recorded this episode in a span of like four hours. So uh it was well, it was hopefully short you're
1: impressed, or either you're like, okay, that makes more sense now. So one of the two. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm sure they're impressed. You you crushed this, it was a good one. Listeners, thank you for for tuning into the episode. Uh don't forget if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at IDP Evan. Jake, where can they find you on Twitter, real quick?
1: At Jake Colehagen. Hit me up. Let's talk ball.
0: Heck yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the IDP After Show, and until next time, peace out. This was the IDP After Show.